RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top stories. The financial secretary says it's not yet time to ease the loan-to-value ratio requirement on mortgages. The chairman of the government's task force on land supply says Fanling will still be viable after part of the course is used for housing. 3,000 people register for the Urban Renewal Authority's 450-flat discounted home project. And Donald Trump tells Democrats he's willing to let the partial government shutdown last for months or even years unless he gets the money for a wall on the Mexican border. The financial secretary says the government is looking for the right time to relax the loan-to-value ratio requirement on mortgages. During an RTHK forum, Paul Chan told the audience that he's listened to complaints from people who can afford mortgage installments but can't make the initial down payment. Here's Mr. Chan. We are also uh, very sympathetic. We need to consider, number one, uh, the downward adjustment in property price. Also the pace of uh, such adjustment plus the uh, premium between first-hand property price and secondary market property price in the vicinity. We are also uh, monitoring the transaction volumes, how active the market is. We are also looking at macroeconomic situation as well as the short-term supply properties. This is a basket of factors. We want to find a time such that if there is any such relaxation, it would not be mistaken by the public as to the intention of the government. The chairman of the government's task force on land supply has rejected threats that Hong Kong will lose its status as an international business financial center if part of the Fanling Golf Course is redeveloped. The Hong Kong Alliance of Golfers has warned that the panel's proposal to turn about a fifth of the golf course into housing could deprive bankers and businessmen of a venue. But Stanley Wong said during an RTHK program that it's a bit of an exaggeration to say executives won't be able to discuss businesses and companies won't set up their headquarters. Speaking to reporters afterwards, Mr. Wong explained why the golf course is important. In the short to medium term, we have projected we do have a shortage of more than 800 hectares of land. And therefore, we will not give up simply without valid reasons on any of the short to medium term options. Having said that, of course, you know, the function of the golf course has been discussed in our task force. And therefore, we think using only 32 hectares and leaving perhaps, you know, the rest of the 140 hectares unchanged would not affect the fact that the golf course can continue to uh, organize Hong Kong Opens, for example. And also at the same time, of course, you know, business sector will be able to continue with uh, playing rounds of growth within uh, the rest of the funding golf course. The Urban Renewal Authority says it's received 3,000 applications so far for its discounted home project that's reserved for middle-class Hong Kong residents who don't own any property. The authority began taking applications for the 450-flat starter home project in Hong Ham on Thursday. Its managing director, Wai Ji Singh, also revealed that thousands of people have registered to view show flats for the homes, which are being sold at 38% below market prices. Mr. Y said he didn't want to speculate on how many people sought to buy into the project. Uh, at the moment, I, I would uh, refrain from uh, estimating uh, the number of uh, applications uh, which would eventually uh, uh, make a decision to, to, uh, to purchase a unit uh, because at the moment the market is still uh, fluctuating. Uh, but as far as um, the current indication is concerned, uh, I think the uh, starter home is still a very uh, attractive uh, project. 
Donald Trump has told U.S. Democratic leaders he's willing to let a partial government shutdown last for months or even years, unless he's given billions of dollars to build a wall on the border with Mexico. Talks between the two sides aimed at resolving the standoff were described as contentious by Democrats. From Washington D.C., here's the BBC's Ali Makbul. It might appear to be business as usual at the White House, but it's far from it. For two weeks, government has been shut down. The Democrats won't agree to sign off on 5.6 billion dollars for a wall along the border with Mexico, and Donald Trump is refusing to back down on his demand that they do just that. While there's no agreement, 800,000 government workers are not getting paid, and many government departments and services have been suspended. Opposition leaders met Donald Trump today to try to resolve the crisis, but said they found a man who was uncompromising. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. A mainland research institute says the country's population could start to shrink within the next eight years. Although an independent researcher said that milestone was reached last year, the BBC's Michael Bristow reports. With 1.4 billion people, China is the world's most populous country. It's traditionally seen itself as overcrowded, but a state-run think tank says the population could start to decrease before 2027. A U.S. researcher thinks the Chinese statistics are inaccurate. He says that historic turning point came last year. China abandoned its one-child policy four years ago after realizing its birth rate was too low. But that policy shift is unlikely to change the fact that in the future, a decreasing workforce will have to look after an increasing number of old people. The chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, has said he will not resign if asked by President Trump. Mr. Powell also said that there were currently no meetings scheduled between him and the president. Mr. Trump has been critical of recent decisions by the Fed to raise interest rates. The BBC's Andrew Walker reports. Mr. Powell was speaking at a panel discussion with his two predecessors. When asked by the moderator of the event whether he would resign if the president asked him to, he gave a one-word answer: no. Mr. Trump has been highly critical of the Fed's policy under Mr. Powell. He has described the interest rate increases as a big mistake and the Fed as crazy. There have been reports that he has considered firing Mr. Powell, though it's not clear that he has the power to do so. The top officials at the Fed are selected by the president, but their decisions on interest rates are taken independently. The head of a chain of Japanese sushi restaurants has paid a record 3.1 million U.S. dollars for a tuna at the first New Year auction in Tokyo's main fish market. This report from the BBC's Will Leonardo. Weighing in at nearly 280 kilos, the gargantuan fish was bought by self-styled tuna king Kiyoshi Kimura. He says he hopes to share the excellent tuna with his customers around the country. The sale more than doubles the previous record set six years ago. City officials will hope the auction boosts the image of the new Toyosu Market, which was beset with problems in the run-up to its opening last year. It took over from the Tsukiji Market, which, packed with stores and restaurants, had become a popular tourist destination in downtown Tokyo. Tsukiji was closed after the land was earmarked for redevelopment ahead of the 2020 Olympic Games. Sport with a preview of this weekend's football action in England and Spain. Here's the BBC's Rob Schofield. The world's oldest football competition returns in England this weekend. The third round of the FA Cup is famous for big upsets, and this year's fixtures have all the ingredients for a few shocks. 22 matches take place on Saturday, with the all Premier League tie of Bournemouth against Brighton, one of seven starting at 12:30 GMT. There are 10 matches kicking off at 15 hours GMT, including holders Chelsea against Nottingham Forest. 
Five ties follow at 17.30, including third-tier Blackpool against record 13-time winners Arsenal. Eight more games will be played on Sunday. Manchester City face second-tier Rotherham United, fresh from reigniting the defence of their Premier League title by inflicting a first domestic defeat on leaders Liverpool and narrowing the gap at the top of the table to four points. Jurgen Klopp's side have a difficult tie against Wolves, who knocked them out in 2017 and boast wins over Chelsea and Tottenham this season, as well as draws with Manchester United, City and Arsenal. Real Madrid have started this year in La Liga as they finished the last, pretty unconvincingly, after stuttering to a two-all draw with strugglers Villarreal. They play Real Sociedad this weekend, seven points behind leaders Barcelona. The champions are away at Getafe, and there's a huge tie between second-place Atletico Madrid and Sevilla, who are only two points behind them in third. Those are the games to look forward to. This is Rob Schofield from BBC Global Sport. Australia blew a strong start with another top-order batting collapse in Sydney. At T on day three of the final test, they were 198 for five with Peter Hanscom, Hanscom and Tim Payne working to rebuild after four wickets fell in the afternoon session. Australia went to lunch at 122 for one but lost three quick wickets for 24 runs. India took control of the match over the opening two days, compiling 622 for seven declared. They lead 2-1 to one after victories in Adelaide and Melbourne and are fast closing in on a historic first-ever series win since they first toured Australia in 1947-48. To end the news, the top stories once again. Financial Secretary says it's not yet time to ease the loan-to-value ratio requirement on mortgages. The chairman of the government's task force on land supply says Fanling will still be viable after part of the course is used for housing. 3,000 people register for the Urban Renewal Authority's 450-flat discounted home project, and Donald Trump tells Democrats he's willing to let the partial government shutdown last for months or even years unless he gets money for a wall on the Mexican border. The news from RTHK. And welcome to World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, in the chair till 3 p.m. This week, on our very first show of the new year, we start off with our first selection of hot new hits from a surprising number of places on the planet. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian. We're still the belly button of the world. And our first new hit on our first show of the new year, as most of the new hits for this first show are mostly from the end of last year. It has to be said, it is a stunning surprise, nevertheless, a posthumous new hit from the late great Alain Bachung, who passed away in Paris, where he was born, in 2009. And apparently, according to his wife, uh, she went through his archives and she says that uh, Alain Bachon used to record a lot of other songs while he was producing his new albums. Although he only kept a dozen or so each time, the others were still in the archives. So she called on a producer that worked with him through the years on different albums uh, who... Going th- and sifting through all the recordings between that he did between 2002 and just before he passed away in uh, 2009, came out with a new album called En Amont, Up the River, released at the end of last year, and of which this track on the charts now is called Immortel, Immortals. <laughs> 